Well, uh, a number of weeks ago, right at the beginning of November, we started a series uh, called Abounding in Love. That's what we're calling it now. Could change, but I, that's what it's called. And um, we, we started it, and then there was a number of things that just felt impressed to cover uh, in the last few weeks. So we're going to hook back up with that now. Uh, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. If you didn't hear the first message, that's on our website. You can go there, our podcast. It's video on the website or audio, or audio on the podcast. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. Verse 13, So that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Verse 12 says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. Now this is a, a prayer. This is a Spirit-inspired prayer. You know, all the Scriptures are, are inspired by the Holy Spirit. But when you see, uh, there's many prayers like this. When, um, in this case, the Apostle Paul, he is saying, Going to the Lord, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. That's a prayer. You can pray this for yourself. You can pray this for your family. You can pray this for others. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. So this is something that we want in our lives, to abound in love. In 1 Thessalonians, uh, those two same verses, 12 and 13 in the Amplified, it says, may the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that He may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame. In holiness, in the sight of our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. Let's read verse 12 again. It says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love. That's what abound means. In love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. Notice verse 13. So that He may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame. So this has to do with being strong. In the NLT, those same two verses. Let's read those. Verse 12 says, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. Is that the same verse? Overflow, yep. Just as our love for you overflows. Verse 13, May He as a result make your heart strong, blameless and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all His people. So we said, you can see this just from the different verses, different versions. Abound is to be present in large numbers or in great quantity, to be prevalent. When we talk about abounding in love, that means it's, it's present in large quantity, to be prevalent. If, if we're abounding in love, that means we have a lot of love. It, we're overflowing with love. It means it's not just a little bit, we're walking in it, it's uh, plenty means you don't get tapped out. You know, you don't get to a certain point, 3.45 in the day, and be like, That's, I'm done. Don't have any more for love, love for you, go away. 
Don't come to my door. Love tank is empty. If you know what's good for you, you will stay away. I need to go home. I need to go to bed. And then maybe tomorrow I'll have some more love. That's not the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to have an abundance of love. That means it just doesn't run out. There's plenty. It, you just, it just keeps coming. You know, people could tax your patience. People could say the wrong thing, but, but your love is there. And we'll get into detail over time in this series, you know, some aspects. But there, the point here is that love uh, should be abounding. Synonyms for abound is to bulge, to burst, to overflow. Well, you can clearly see that's not just, it, something doesn't overflow or burst if there's not enough. That means there's more than enough to meet the need all the time, whatever's in front of us. Let's read, uh, let's read uh, Philippians 1.9. Another verse that says this, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is a prayer. These you can pray, and you know it's, it's the Word of God you're praying. You're praying exactly what the Word says, so you know this is right, and you know that it'll be effective. Let's read it again. Verse 9 says, In this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Here it is again, the same words, abound. The Apostle Paul is praying here, but the Philippians, I pray that your love may abound. Uh, in the Amplified Classic, same verses, says, This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that your love may display itself in great, greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. So increasing in love increasing, abounding. We, we read a number of scriptures last time, uh, you know, that has abound in it. It's, it's in a number of verses where it's talking about abounding in love. And um, we'll probably go over some of those again uh, at some point, but we're not going to take the time tonight to go over those. Let's look at 1 John 4, verse 7. First John 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, he who, love, or he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now we're going to read the next few verses as well. But right here, as we go through this, I want you to notice uh, a few things that we're going to emphasize tonight. Let's go back to verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Okay, we, we'll get into that more and more. We, we read that, abounding in love. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So God is love. He's not 
He doesn't just love, He is love. Verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 10 says, in, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. That He loved us. Let's go further. Verse 12 says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. Notice that. If we love one another. He told us to love one another. We, we know that. Everybody generally knows they're supposed to love. Okay? We may get into the mechanics of that more. We will. But what I want you to see here. I'm going to emphasize something else tonight. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected or matured in us. Verse 13, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. Verse 14, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he is God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Now verse uh, 17 then, love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears does not made, is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Why do we love? Because he loved us. If you look back at verse 12, then... It says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. So this says, if we love, then there's something going on. It said, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. The Young's literal translation of verse 12 says, God no one hath ever seen. If we may love one another, God in us doth remain, and His love is having been perfected in us. Now, Young's literal is literal. It's not real. It's not made for easy reading. It's made for just a very straight translation of the word. So, it, you know, it, it kind of sounds clunky, but it drives the point. It says, His love is having been perfected in us. What? If we love one another. Amplified Classic says, No one has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, lives, and remains in us, and His love, that love which is essentially His, is brought to completion, it, to its full maturity, runs its full course, 
is perfected in us. So this is saying, if we love, it's because God's love has been, it abides in us, God abides in us, and His love has been brought to completion, it's been brought to maturity. So He loves us, we read that we love Him because He loves us. So when we love one another, it says here, if we love one another, it's because His love is mature. His love has been perfected. In order to walk in love with people, we must first know that God loves us. The more settled and secure in His love we are, the more we can be a conduit for His love to others. But so many people, they're trying to love, but they don't know God loves them. And it's impossible to truly love anybody without being a Christian. You can do acts of love, but love is selfless. Love is God. Well, how can you truly love if you don't have God in you who is love? You can do something that looked like love, but it can't be love if you don't have God. It can't be the God kind of love. It may be something that somebody calls love, but it, God is love. So if you don't have Him, how could you truly love? And there are a lot of things that people call love that there aren't love at all. Now, we'll get into that more, but, but there's a whole lot of stuff in this world. People say, well, I love you. And the stuff they, they supposedly do to the supposed object of their love is not love at all. Love sometimes will, will tell somebody what they don't want to hear. Love is not everything you're doing is awesome. Love doesn't mean that you put up with everything about somebody all the time. That, well, if I love you, I will never, I'll, I'll never uh, come against anything you're doing. I'll just say, I love you. I'm just going to encourage everything, no matter what it is. I'm just going to encourage it about you because, you know, you're you. That's not love because God doesn't condone everything that people do. He'll love you. He loves you, but He doesn't love everything you do. So that's an aspect of love. People say, I love you, and then the next, next moment, they're, they're you know, throwing somebody to the wayside. That's not love. People think love, uh, in, in my, my uh, objective tonight is not to get into you know, different aspects of love uh, tonight, but, but they have all kinds of weird um, ideas about love. And the only way we're going to know what love really looks like is by looking at the Word. And, and we did read uh, some verses about that last time. And the different aspects of love. But the, the point that I want to get into this evening is that we have to be settled in the fact that God loves us before we're truly free to love anybody else. In other words, if you think that God, you're not really sure that God loves you, that He's in your corner, that, that He wants the best for you, then it is impossible to truly love another person. And you're going to be limping trying to do it. You're, you're going to, 
well, I, I know I'm supposed to love you and I put on a smile and try to do so, but it's not going to flow from our heart. It's not going to be true love. If we don't believe God loves us, that brings security. That's the only way we can truly walk in love with people. The only way we can truly be a conduit for uh, God's love on this earth is if we know that He loves us and get that established. Religion will tell you you better love or you better do the right thing. You got to do this. But religion doesn't lift a finger to help you do it. See, that's not the gospel. True Christianity relies on what God has done. We cooperate with Him. But we didn't get ourselves into the family of God by what we did. We, we look to Him and believe on Him and His love. We receive His love, and now because we've received His love, now we can love other people. It's not you love other people, and then maybe God, you'll do that enough, so then God will accept you. See, religion will tell you, you got to be a good person. And if you get high enough in the bar, ding, 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 ooh, you're good enough, God accepts you. And so they go around trying to do love, acts of love, but if, you're, if they're doing it, religion will tell you, you have to do it in order to be accepted. Well, then if you do it in order to be accepted by God, that's not love, that's selfish. It's motivated by you. Because if you don't, then you're not accepted. No, that's not the way, that's not what the Bible teaches, and that's not... What we need to know, we're not earning our, our way to heaven. We accept what Jesus has done, and we need to know He loved us when we couldn't offer Him anything. If we are angry and bitter toward other people, it is a sign that we have not understood or received God's love for us. If we have anger, bitterness, resentment toward somebody else, then we don't really understand how much God loves us and what He's done. We're going to get into some scripture. Romans 5, verse 6. It says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for who? The people that have it all together. No, that's nobody. But number two... Uh, Jesus didn't need to die. If that were the case, there's no reason Jesus died for somebody that doesn't need him. That's just a figment of people's imaginations to think they don't need what, what Jesus has done, what God's done for them through Jesus. It says, when we were still without strength, didn't have anything to offer, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone will even dare to die. Verse 9, but God demonstrates His own love toward us. In, while, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath to come. Verse 8 says, but God demonstrates His own love toward us. Everybody say, toward me. See, this is God's love toward us, that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means while we 
We didn't have anything to offer God. We, we were wrong. He died for us. Uh, John 3.16, very familiar verse of Scripture to many people, says, For God so loved the world that He uh, gave His only begotten Son. Notice that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. What motivated God to send Jesus? Love. And see, we need to make this personal. God loved me, you would say. God loved me, God loved you, so He sent Jesus. When, when we didn't have anything to offer, the whole world, He sent Jesus for everybody. See, we say, you're not worthy. Well, we're not worthy. See, that's judgment on somebody else. That, that, that's, that's, I want to judge you. You're not worthy. You don't deserve Jesus. Well, if that, nobody deserves Jesus. See, God showed His love that He gave, sent Jesus before we had done anything right. And that's the way He looks on humanity. You, you can't offer me anything. I'm doing this to bring you back to me, whether people accept it or reject it. Now, if God behaves that way, if God acts that way to other people, and like we read in 1 John, what, what should we do? We ought to love people, but how are we going to love people? Only if we understand what God did for us. Only if we understand how much He loved us and how we had nothing to offer. See, then we'll start realizing, wait, I, I don't have a plea with Him. Yet, He loved me and He accepted me. Well, now, see, what we want to do is take it to somebody else and go, well, you don't, you haven't done this, 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 and get angry, bitter. We'll get into this more later, I believe. But what we need to understand is when we yield to something that's not love, we're not yielding to God. And it actually gives Satan a way to work in our lives. Well, you can't just be told, well, well don't do that. Don't, don't react that way. Something's got to displace anger or bitterness, and it is the love of God. And it comes by, by knowing how much God accepts us. See, something, when we are lashing out, it's because there's fear or hurt or resentment, something, something is causing it. But it's, if we realize God has accepted us, through Jesus, if we'll accept Him, what He did. And that He is actually for us and with us. Well, that changes the perspective for any situation. Anything, any situation, the Almighty is actually, He loves us. He, he has accepted us. That can help us then, and it will, like we read in 1 John, when that understanding becomes complete and mature, and to the degree that that's, that's complete and mature, to the degree that that is grown, that's the degree that we're going to be able to walk in the love of God and to be able to flow with what He's done. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ephesians 2, verse 4. 
says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. Everybody say, great love. God loves me, say that, with great love. See, this, is, this says, God who is rich in mercy. That's a characteristic of God. He's rich in mercy. That means He doesn't have just a little bit. He's rich in mercy. Because of His great love with, the, which, with which He loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, that means we're wallowing there in our own sin. We, we don't have a prayer with God. We don't have anything to offer Him. And that's, that's the the description of every one of us without Jesus. Somebody say, I wish so-and-so would get what they deserve. You don't want that turned on you. If we got what we deserved, we deserve hell. Every single one of us. You don't have to say amen, it's true. We deserve to die early, diseased, sick, broke, and go to hell. That's what we deserve. If we want... We don't want justice for ourselves. We want mercy. And that's exactly what God gave us through Jesus, mercy. This says when we were dead in trespasses, that means we we were done. Because of His great love for us, it says, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Grace is is extending favor when we shouldn't have favor. Mercy. Verse 6, And He raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God is rich in mercy. He is love. And when we had nothing to offer Him, He still sent Jesus, and He raised us up through Jesus, for everyone that calls on Jesus, raised us up to sit together with Him. I mean, we, we can't comprehend what that means. We, we had nothing. We were talking about this on Sunday. We, we don't have anything to offer God. Not only did He bring us into His family, He put us with Him. His Son, Jesus, seated us with Him. Didn't just bring us in so you go, you go be over in the corner. You, you don't really deserve much. You go, he put us on the throne with Him. On the right hand, we're seated with Jesus. Positionally, it doesn't say we are Jesus. It doesn't say we are the Son of God. We are children of God, but the Bible says we're seated with Him. That's what God did for you and me. That's what He has actually done for every person in the world. If they'll accept it. And if we'll let the reality of how much God loves us and what He's done for us get ingrained in our heart, And instead of focusing on what somebody else has done wrong, focus on what God has done for us. That will change how we relate to people. And we'll be able to flow with what God wants to do. God looks at things so much different than we do. We we know to the degree revealed in the Word how He looks at things. 
You don't make that up yourself. You say, what, what does his word reveal? Well, we see he, he extended mercy when, when we did deserve no mercy. That's how he looks at it. See, we want, when we're not flowing in love, when we're looking at somebody, we'll be like, you're done. You, you ought to be, that's it. Not, not condoning anything wrong somebody would do, but God is the ultimate judge. And if we'll back up and say, wait a minute, Lord, you're a, how you look at situations is so much different than me. Lord, I look to you. I'm going to go by your word, but I'm not going to be the person leading the charge, trying to cut somebody else down when your mercy's still active. I don't want to be out in front of that. If God is being merciful to a person, who are we to say, no, that's it? Well, we just slit our own neck at that point. Where were we? We said, well, I was better. That's pride. You were looking at it wrong. The Bible says we are dead in trespasses and sins, and if we'll get how much He loved us, more ingrained into us, and realize, well, I didn't have anything to offer Him, and He was merciful. That is what allows us to walk in love. It's not willpower. It is a decision to walk in love, but if we realize, it becomes easier when we understand what He's done for us and we keep that front and center. Look at uh, Titus 3, verse 4. It says, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified, that's, that's declared righteous, that's acquitted by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Verse 4 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by anything we did, but by His mercy He saved us. See, when His love appeared, that's what we want to major on. Not talking about just putting up with stuff with people and condoning wrong, but there's a difference how we approach it. it not, not judgmental coming in and, and, try, and waiting to lower the boom on somebody. See, we're, we're looking at it wrong versus God. God is pulling back saying, I, I want, He wants to have mercy on people. He, it, it hurts Him, and it is never is His will to judge somebody to bring judgment on somebody. somebody. Some people think, oh, well, God just needs to judge such. That's not him. He does it because he has to keep his word, but it never pleases him. It, you know, you that are parents, it doesn't, it shouldn't please you to bring judgment on your child when they have done something wrong. It doesn't please you, but to uphold what is right, you'll do it. But if a parent is like, well, I'm looking forward to the, it's the wrong approach. What, what would please you so much more is that they listen, that they obey, that they do what's right. See, that's the same with God. God, it doesn't bring him joy to be, to, to, to bring judgment on somebody. And so when we side with that, we're siding with the wrong thing. 
If we realize how much God loves us and we realize how much His love is toward humanity and how much He has shown in our lives and that He's for us, we'll, we'll realize I have the capacity now to love people. That is the key to anything else we would talk about is first understanding how much He loves us and that He does love us. He proved it in sending Jesus and get that built in. So now when we walk through uh, you know, our activities, daily routine, walk and interact with people, we have this consciousness of how much God is a merciful and good God and what would He do in a situation. Now we're flowing with Him. But the only way you can do that is if you're secure in His love. John 15, 9, a couple verses in, in John that Jesus said. Verse 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. He's saying, I love you with the love of the Father. The way the Father loves Jesus, He says, I love you that way. I love you. I look to you, look at you, and I love you. In, in John 17, 23, says, I, this is Jesus, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Now this is Jesus praying to God the Father and says that the world may know that you sent me and that you love us. This applies to us, people. Talk about the disciples specifically. Loved them as you loved me. Saying the Father loves us the same way he loves Jesus. If we ever doubt that God loves us, I don't feel like God loves me, people say. Does he love Jesus? Does God the Father love his Son? It, we read in John 3.16 uh, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Does God love Jesus? Well, this says here, God loves us the same way He loves Jesus. And He proved it when He sent Jesus to die for us. So if there's ever a thought, well, I just don't know if God loves me. Well, we have to let the Word be the truth. Well, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like he's near. What does that have to do with it? But I don't feel it. I mean, I got to feel like I, God already proved it that he, you could go over these verses and look at them and say, wait, God, when I had nothing to offer, he loved me. He says he loves me. He says uh, Jesus was sent in order so that I could come into the family of God. When I had nothing to offer, Jesus bought and paid for my salvation. The Bible says that God loves me the same way as He loves Jesus. Jesus says that I have loved you the same way that the Father loves me. So either we believe what the Word says and act on that and say God loves me and start acting like that's true and saying it's true and receive its, tru its truth, or we reject what the Word of God says and goes, go by our feelings which you know as well as I do are subject to change 
with the hour. Because the next hour you may feel like, ooh, I, I feel like God loves me. Oh, so now he started loving you? No, it's by the word. It's getting the word into our hearts, getting the word in our consciousness. So when any thought would come, oh, I just don't know if God loves it. We need to counter and say, oh, no, he loves me. If you have to put these scriptures up on your mirror in your bathroom and look at them every time you go in there, you're getting ready in the morning or something, look and say, just read them, how God loves you. And you start now, now start changing the thoughts when thoughts come, well, God doesn't love me. No, he loves me. Well, you don't feel like it. Doesn't matter. The word says he loves me. And I believe that and start building that into our consciousness. That is how we will actually start loving other people. Because now when the question's like, well, yeah, God doesn't love you. No, he does. And I am his representative on the earth and I can flow with him and he has my back. And so I can be merciful to other people. And as, as our understanding of what He has done grows, our love for other people will grow, and we'll get into that more. But the foundation is knowing what God has done. Amen.